0: Welcome to Podcasting Experiments from The Creative Studio. Most podcasters stick with the normal podcasting practices, but you, you're different. You like to try different things. You do it like this, and then you break the mold. Now, in this fifth season, we're going to be talking with people that are doing something unique with their podcast. Maybe it's their format, their philosophy, their niche, whatever it is. We're going to find out what makes them tick. We're going to see what works and what doesn't. We'll see what we can learn and then be able to apply to our own podcasts as well. You can visit our website at podcastingexperiments.com. Hey there, welcome back. My name is Joshua Rivers. I am your host on this podcast, and I'm excited today to bring you another exciting interview. Now, last week we talked to Eric Hundley, and he talked about his Unstructured podcast and how he kind of has... Uh, kind of like an anti-niche kind of focus on his podcast now today we have another person that has a uh, has come to the place of kind of going away from a niche and so in his podcast he kind of seems like goes all over the place but he does have some kind of structure some kind of format to what he's doing and so the the person that we have today has done podcasting for many years. He's been radio for many years. And so his current podcast is The Real Brian Show. And today we are talking with The Real Brian. His real name is Brian Kane, and he's been a friend of mine for several years now. And we connected back when he was the host of ProfitCast as well as Arrow Squad. And so those were the two podcasts I listened to of him back in the day when he was doing those shows. And so today we get to talk with Brian and we're going to jump in to how he first got started with podcasting.
1: Well, first of all, I was in radio and I did radio for years. And for me, you know, it was all about getting behind the microphone. I loved, I mean, when I was a kid, it's like, I want to be a morning show DJ. And I was in radio and at the time radio was one of those things where it was, like when I got into it, it was starting to go downhill. It was starting to move away from, you know, popular consumption and stuff like that. And they were moving away from having local DJs and more to having, you know, centralized DJs in one city and then, you know, syndicating them across the US or voice tracking, which is essentially recording and then you were never live. So they they started getting into that and, you know, the pay wasn't very good. And I finally said, I got to do something different. And I heard about this whole thing called podcasting and went after that, tried to figure it out. This was, I don't know, it's been a while ago now. I think I got started in podcasting in about 2013. I was still doing radio at that time, but I didn't know what the whole RSS thing meant. I was trying to figure it out. My friend and I, he was a computer guy, programmer. He was trying to figure out how to code it. (laughs) I thought it's got to be easier than this. And then I ran, ac- I ran across Cliff Ravenscraft. He was doing the podcasting A to Z at the time, and I joined that, found out it was a lot more simple than I thought it was. And that's how I got started, honestly, was transitioning from radio into podcasting and realizing that you know on-demand media was where it was at.
0: Well, that's cool. Just to kind of give a little background on how I found you, I first heard Dave Jackson and Daniel J. Lewis each separately talking about your show at the time, ProfitCast.
1: Oh really? And oh,
0: funny. they had mentioned it, and so I kind of made it a mental note because at the time I was trying to listen to all the different podcasts about podcasting I could think of. Yeah. And so I heard them mention that. I was like, okay, I need to look that up sometime. And I didn't add it to my playlist right away, and I didn't write a note, so I forgot about it. And so then it was probably a couple months later I heard another reference, and I'm like, oh yeah, that's right. So I looked it up, and so I started listening to that podcast there at ProfitCast. Mm-hmm. And then from there, I actually was talking to you about some possible sponsorship possibilities. And so, because you were yeah. opening it up for some sponsorship things, and so you're wanting to test it as part of your thing as well. So that's how our conversation started going. And So you were doing the ProfitCast podcast. Can you, first of all, tell us how or why you decided to start that podcast to begin with?
1: Yeah, so as I mentioned, I started in Cliff's, podcasting A to Z course. He taught you, you know, all the nuts and bolts of how to podcast at the time. And I mean, he touched on how to market your show, how to grow your audience and stuff like that, but he didn't really put a lot of emphasis on that. My first show as a result of that course was called Backstage Pass that was 2013 like like late summer fall of 2013, and I interviewed Christian rap and hip hop artists, which was really really fun by the way. I got to talk to some amazing people and Yeah. Stories were were phenomenal. And then right after that TV talk came into existence and was hiring a bunch of people to come in and basically, you know, host podcasts and talk about TV shows and get paid. I think at the time it was like 80 or 90 an hour or something like that. It was really nice. Um, and then of course I became a producer doing that, that lasted for an entire TV season. And then they shut the thing down, unfortunately. And so at that point I went, man, what am I going to do? How do I make this work? I mean, if if TV talk can't make it work, this guy was a brilliant, brilliant serial entrepreneur that put that together. He put a lot of money into it. The shows were incredible. They were successful, and he couldn't even make it work. And I was like, crap, what are we doing now, you know? So when I started ProfitCast, it was the idea... I actually took another course, by the way, in 2014, and I did a lot of research and I was trying to figure out, how do you make it with your show? How do you profit? How do you grow your audience? And there was a lot of information out there. But if you really wanted what everyone told you you needed, of course, like, here's how to do it. And if you really want it, it's only $5,000. You know, everybody was charging. Everybody, you know, come in and pay a boatload of money to find out how to what the secret is. So I said, why don't I start a show and I'll interview people. Basically, I'm going to come in and say... I have no idea how to profit with my podcast. I have no idea how to grow an audience. So, join me on the journey, and I'm going to interview people who have succeeded, and we're going to ask them what they did to succeed, and we're going to figure it out along the way. That's Mm -hmm. pretty much how it started.
0: Especially with the podcast about podcasting, I'm really interested personally because, I mean, obviously, that's what I'm into because that's what I do. And and so I've heard, like Daniel J Lewis tell his story about why he started his podcast, Audacity the podcast. And so because it's like a, a, there was just a couple back then, there was just a handful of them, and and he's like, well, but they weren't talking about all the things that I wanted to talk about or hear talked about. And so he decided to start his own. Yeah. And so I'm always interested in how people get started and and why they decide to do a certain podcast and things like that. But anyway, so so you start that podcast and you go for I think it was 110 episodes and Mm -hmm. toward the end there, the last couple of months, you're like, okay, I I know this is time to start wrapping it up. Can you kind of get into your thought process behind that and, and why you were doing all that?
1: Yeah. And I'll keep this as positive as possible because there was a little bit of a, you know, an internal emotional war with this whole thing, because on one hand I'm like, I love this show. I've had fun. I've connected with so many people. And I've, you know, I've enjoyed it. I've learned a lot. And on the other hand, I was realizing that I hadn't learned a lot. If if you can, yeah, follow me on this one. <laughs> it was bizarre because I interviewed, let's say I did 110 episodes. I don't know how many interviews I actually did, but it was close to 100. There were things in there that I learned that was, it was just tremendous, you know, wonderful things. And And I know people have gone back and they've listened to the show and they've learned a lot of things from the people that I had on. Even sometimes I would do a solo episode, things I would learn I'd pass on and they'd be like, oh man, I learned that. But here was the thing after, like you said, a hundred ish episodes at that point, two years and being on a journey with hundreds of other podcasters. And when I mean hundreds of other podcasters, I mean, those are people that I was actually in contact with that listen to the show, not just listeners, but people that I was, you know, keeping up with, we were keeping up with each other. After two years, none of us were making the money that we wanted to make. We were not at the, the place we wanted to be with our shows. Now, I know that there's a lot of factors with that. One of the things that I used to talk about a lot was that, you know, anybody, what is it, the, the blessing and the curse of a podcast is that anyone can start a podcast. <laughs> so it's cool that you can start a podcast, but some people shouldn't start a podcast, Or some people, in fact, I was listening, I'm not going to mention names, but I was just listening to a guy who's a, you know, best-selling author. I'm sure he's extremely successful. I think he has a podcast of his own. He's a public speaker. And I was listening to him and I'm going, this guy's not interesting to listen to, ironically. And I thought, man, if he's a public speaker, like he should probably work on how he comes across. So that was just (laughs) now granted, that's a little critical, but I'm just being honest, you know. So Mm -hmm. there are factors like that where, you know, you're listening to someone on a podcast and it's, it's not interesting, you know, so people just don't stick around or the content isn't that great. You know, it's maybe a little thin or whatever. Uh, I'm probably more guilty of a, of thin content, you know, than most people just because sometimes I'm like, man, I don't know what to talk about, but I'm going to figure this out. And then I think the thing that surprised me the most was that the people that I interviewed, they started saying the same thing. So, you know, in the beginning, it's like, oh, I'd never heard this before. And then after 50 episodes, I'm like, I'm starting to hear repeats. I'm starting to hear, you know, even though these are totally different guests, I'm starting to hear the same thing kind of like recycled. And then after a hundred episodes, I'm like, I'm not hearing anything new anymore. And so I'm like, do I know everything I need to know about podcasting? And then I thought, well, if I did, then I'd be wildly successful. So then I started to think like, I'm missing something here. Because, you know, I and my listeners would, if we applied everything that we learned, should have a lot of listeners. We should have a very engaged community. We should have people being massively impacted on a daily basis. And, you know, for those people looking to make some money, we should be making money by now. But most importantly, we should be having a massive impact, right? And I wasn't seeing that. And so I stepped back and said, what am I missing? What's going on here? And the more I, I don't know, the more I, I, I dug into that, the more that I did more research on it, I got a little obsessed with it, the more I realized that the successful people that I was interviewing, they were not sharing something. Something was not being shared. And I don't know if it's because they didn't want to share it on a free podcast, they wanted to reserve it for, you know, pay for my program sort of thing, and then I'll teach you the secret, or if they really didn't know. You know, maybe they got lucky. Maybe they hit it at the right time, maybe they had the right topic, maybe they were one of the first in their topic. You know, it's just it was a very interesting realization. And again, I'm not saying this to be discouraging. It was just more of a when podcasting started, and I like to I like to equate podcasting to network marketing. If anybody's familiar with network marketing, if you mm-hmm. get in at the right time and you're among the first to get in, you're going to be wildly successful if it's, you know, if you're good at it. And I've always said this about network marketing is that the people that are at the top are wildly, wildly charismatic. They're persuasive. They're extroverted. They're outgoing. I mean, you just love them. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And they're really good at selling, by the way, too. But then they, they say this, and this is the same thing that you hear in podcasting, is that, well, anyone can be successful at network marketing. And they'll say the same thing. Anyone can be successful at podcasting to which I've learned that that's not entirely true. Mm -hmm. Like anyone, well, I guess anyone could be, but the question is, should anyone, you know, like can anyone, I don't know. I'm not sure exactly how to put it, but the reality is that some people will just never be that good at podcasting, for example, or network marketing or, you know, fill in the blank, right? I will never be that good at home improvement. Mm -hmm. (laughs) It's just, let's be honest. Um, yeah. I'm not one of those people. So I came to realize that, you know, everybody was starting a podcast because it was a thing to do. And you you have to look at that network marketing model that the people at the top have a very unique combination of skills. And like I said, they're charismatic, they're extroverted, they're entertaining, they're excellent at sales, they're excellent at marketing, et cetera, et cetera. And if you don't have that unique combination, then you got to get creative and you got to figure out how can I succeed with Who I am, rather than me trying to be like that person. And so the uh, and and this is nothing against any of these guys, by the way. The Cliff Ravenscrafts, the John Lee Dumas of the world, you know, all of those successful podcasters, they have what it takes, and they've done an incredible job with it. But I don't want to be a John Lee Dumas. I don't want to be a Cliff Ravenscraft because if I try to be like that, I will consistently fall short and fail. And yet, so many podcasters try to emulate those greats rather than trying to say, okay, what did they do? what worked for them and how can I take that and then make it my own and be my own person and be a great me, if that makes sense. And that was the one thing that I wasn't hearing very much when I was doing ProfitCast. I was hearing, well, this is what I did and so it'll work. Mm -hmm. And it's like, well, not really. And especially now, I mean, ProfitCast ended in 2016 and here we are three years later. And let's just say that the rules of the game are different. Some of the stuff, some of the people are out there still saying, get on iTunes new and noteworthy, for example, that doesn't work anymore. I mean, it did in the beginning, but it doesn't work anymore. And so those strategies are outdated. Um, So going back to your question, sorry, this was a very long explanation. (laughs) The, (laughs) the main reason I think that I ended profit cast was simply that I wasn't getting any new information and I wasn't getting anything that was breaking through the noise because it was noisy by 2016, you know, 2008, it wasn't. Um, there, there's just a lot of things that I just kind of went, there's really nothing more to say on ProfitCast right now. Um, interestingly enough, since then, since I you know ended three years ago, I've learned some new things that I could share on a podcast like ProfitCast, for example. Um, and it's different now. It, it really is. Like I, I don't use hardly any of those old strategies anymore. In fact, one of the things I'm trying to do is figure out how do you create what they're now calling, quote, celebrity status. And it's not necessarily saying you're going to be a, you know, super famous person like in Hollywood or whatever. But, you know, how do you create celebrity status within your own community, whatever it is you're creating? Mm -hmm. Uh, And that's tough, man, because but here's what I'm learning is that if you are a, quote, celebrity to your listeners, then if they love you, man, they'll do whatever you ask them to do. They'll listen to your show loyally. And and there you go. You've just succeeded. You, You know, they'll do what you ask them to do. They'll engage with you. I mean, of course, if you're putting out good content, good, healthy content, they're going to be impacted for the better. Hopefully that's the, that's the goal. And if you decide to, you know, Hey, I, I, I'm going to put together a course or I'm going to do advertising or sponsorships, you know, then you'll get the money. And that's, I think, I don't know. It's weird. I'm seeing things kind of do a full circle to, you know, well, hasn't this, isn't this the way it's always been (laughs) sort of thing.
0: Yeah, well, I definitely think it's a really good point that you came to the place that you realized that there wasn't really anything else that you wanted to say on the topic at the time, and I think there's a lot of podcasters that get to that place, but they feel the pressure that they have to keep going. But I think what you did was a good lesson on, okay, I've realized that I've said everything that I can think that needs to be said right now and and you actually yeah. you actually announced it on the podcast um several times saying hey we're gonna be wrapping it up I can't remember what the time frame was but we're gonna do five more episodes or ten more episodes and we're gonna be wrapping it up and so I'm gonna be bringing yeah. you basically kind of like okay the most important things I've learned over the last two years I'm gonna bring bring it all here now and you and you wrapped it up and you let everyone know okay, this is the end of the show. Um, and I think that was a really good way of being able to do it as opposed to uh, someone getting into that same position that you were in to where then they they, they get frustrated, they get discouraged, and um, they either put out junk or they stop putting stuff out yeah. regularly and end up just pod yeah. fading, and then no one knows what happened. Um, and so, I mean, I found myself in that situation several times as well, but not necessarily because I didn't have things to say for me, it was more time, um, issues as far as like, I just, uh, things changed and I just didn't have the time to be able to produce like I wanted to. And so when I did have time, I didn't have the energy, but anyway, that's a whole nother type of uh situation to look at
1: well no and that was the advice that i was given was if you're feeling like it's time to end the show or you're just not into it as much then end it don't pod fade and so that's exactly what i did as i followed that advice and Mm -hmm. i thought that was fantastic advice i can't remember who said it but it was great you know i was gonna actually Mm -hmm. say one more thing on that that i completely forgot because you you sparked a memory there that so and i'm sorry because i i think that whole little you know commentary sounded a little negative and it, and it wasn't, by the way, I just want to say it wasn't intended to be negative. Um, it was just kind of the reality of that. I was not getting what I wanted. And, and if I were to go back by the way and do profit cast again, let's just say I, I re upped it and you know, Hey, it's back, blah, blah, blah. I would be interviewing people and I would not let them get away with an answer without giving me the exact answer that I was looking for. And I was a little too nice on ProfitCast and they would give me answers and I'd be like, oh, you know, in my back of my mind, I'd be thinking like, you're not answering my question, but I'd be like, oh, well, no worries. Thanks. That was wonderful. And I think if I were to do it again, I'd be like, that's not the answer. Like you're, you're telling me what, you know, worked for you 10 years ago, but tell me what's working now. So I think I would do that. Mm -hmm. And then the other thing I wanted to say too, what sparked that, that little memory was that, I'm not a niche person. And I think this is something that goes highly against the grain of podcasting. Mm -hmm. For whatever reason, podcasting has been, I I don't know what the word, it's not even created. It's just podcasting has become about niches. I don't know where that started. I don't know why that started. It's not right or wrong. It's just, that's what has been perpetuated over the years is that you start a podcast and you do a niche period. But if you look at Almost anything else, any other form of media niches really aren't that big of a deal. In fact, if you watch shark tank, the sharks hate niches, they hate it because it's not monetizable in a way that's big money for them. And so I don't know. I don't know why podcasting has become all about Mm -hmm. niches, but I am so not a niche person. Um, if anyone's taken the Enneagram, I'm a type seven on the Enneagram, which is called the enthusiast. And actually one of the descriptions in there is that you have a multitude of, of, uh, interests, which is yeah. so true. Somebody says, well, what are your topics or what are your passions and hobbies? And I'm like, dude, where do I start? I have, I've have hundreds <laughs> of them and I change them. And I don't like, if I sit down and do the same thing for more than a certain amount of time, I go crazy. I'm all about, let's try this. And some people will say, well, You're, you know, you've got ADD. I'm like, no, it's not about that. It's about, I have a variety of interests. I have a variety of talents. You know, in fact, if somebody says, Hey, wow, you're so great at this. It's like, well, if I put my mind to it, I can be great at almost anything I put my mind to because it's just kind of how I operate. Mm -hmm. I'm not going to be a master necessarily. So it's my personality. And I'm starting to find out that there are a lot of others out there that are like me, that we we have a lot of interests. We jump from thing to thing, you know, sometimes like books. this is I'm notorious. I will not finish a book most of the time. And it's not because I don't know how to finish. It's because you didn't keep my attention. Mm-hmm. Simple. And I'm like, okay, hey, move on to the next one. It's too long. It's too wordy. It's whatever, right? And there are books where I have finished them because they kept my attention all the way through. Um, so that all being said, I got done with ProfitCast and I, one of the things I was telling my wife, Sarah, I was like, I'm, I'm done talking about podcasting. Like, I don't want to talk about this anymore. It's way too narrow and focused. And I have so many other things that I want to share with the world. And so, yeah, that was another reason why I stepped back from the show too. I also used to host TV show podcasts. It's like, I can't talk about one TV show anymore. It's, it's actually driving me crazy. Um, mm-hmm. if I talked about TV shows in general, I'd be fine. Even today, I'd still be fine because it's, you know, enough variety in there. So I wanted to throw that one out there in case anyone listening is like that. I want to give permission to people to have variety in your life just because podcasting has perpetuated the niche doesn't mean that that's necessarily right. Mm -hmm. It might be easier to succeed, but it's not necessarily what it should be.
0: Yeah, exactly. And that actually brings me to the, the next step in your journey is, um, is as you were wrapping that up, You knew that you wanted to start your own podcast, Mm -hmm. and so you went on a journey of trying to figure out what this was going to be, and I actually had the privilege of kind of being in part of this this stage with you, Um, and I I, I feel very invested into your podcast because I've been there (laughs) through a lot of it, and several of the -the behind-the-scenes conversations and things like that that we've had. I know we don't have time to go into everything that, that that has gone into The Real Brian Show. But can you tell a little bit about what your thoughts were going into and in creating it? Um And then maybe some of the things that you've realized since then. Again, I know we can't get into everything, but.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Oh, man. Trying to keep a Reader's Digest version. You Yeah. Like you said, you've been a part of this journey. And let's see, we're going on close to 3 years now of the Real Brian Show journey. Actually, it is 3 years because I, I was really working on it in May of 2016. Um man, it's what's really interesting is that the Real Brian Show has been so closely like intricately tied to me as a person, which is kind of fascinating because you know, when I did Profitcast, it was like, uh, you know, yeah, my personality is in it, but it's not about me. It's you know, it's about podcasting. With The Real Brian Show, it's like, man, the show has ebbed and flowed based on me, which has been um, good and bad. You know, obviously, the bad is that, you know, that's that's not a good thing for the listeners. But it's good in the sense of that. I've learned so much about myself doing the show. But I went into the show thinking that, you know, again, I wanted to talk about more. I wanted to, so my whole life, when I, by the way, when I, when I started doing radio, you know, outside of, uh, like, Sitting in my bedroom with a couple of friends and you know recording our shows, which nobody else heard, which was fun, by the way, was in high school. We started a radio station at our high school. And my motto at the time, ironically, was I just want to get people's day off to a better start. I want people to be happier. And that was it. Literally, that's all I said. Statistically... Everybody was happier. The teachers were happier. The students were happier. Grades went up. Fights went down. It was bizarre. Just because we started that radio station, like morale went up massively at that school. And I did not know that that was going to happen. Since then, I've learned way too much. (laughs) (laughs) You know, the more knowledge you get, I don't know if that's actually a good thing because unless it's turned to wisdom and application, it's just, you know, it's a mess in your head. Um, since then I've tried to overcomplicate everything that I've done with the real Brian show. And it's amazing. So many times I'm like, you know, I, really that goes back to my high school motto. Just get people's day off to a better start, make them smile and have a better life. And mm. I've told, I've told experts that I've told coaches that, and they've all said, well, you know, that's not enough for people. You need to do more than that. You need to come up with something more detailed. So I did, and it totally screwed me up. Totally screwed my show up. I went into this like massive obsession of what's wrong with my show? Why aren't people getting it? Because uh, I was just doing it was I was complicating it too much. And so the going back to your question of like why did I start the Real Brian show it was I wanted to talk about a variety of things. I wanted people to come and listen to my show, and I wanted them to be happier. Essentially, have a better day, smile. That was it. There was a side aspect of that. Uh, and I call it unleashing the superhero, that I wanted people to be better, you know, be a better version of the real them kind of thing, like embrace who you really are and just continually grow and be better. That's kind of part of my show as well. Um, And ironically, some people don't want that. And then there's those that do. So that's great. And then another thing that we kind of brought into the show is the idea of just nerding out, which is, embracing your passions and not apologizing for it. So whatever it is that you quote nerd out about, whether it's, you know, gaming or sci-fi or sports or food and health or whatever it is, you know, the whole idea is that we would nerd out about these things. We'd interview people and find out what they nerd out about and just learn new things, you know, be curious, always be curious. That's what I wanted to do with the show. And then Mm. on top of that, from the presentation standpoint is I wanted you know, a consistent co-host or two. And, you know, I wanted to deliver that morning show style basically, you know, cause I grew up with morning shows that were good. And, and I mean, they're not that good anymore, unfortunately. So I wanted to bring that to podcasting. So that was the original thing. Um, interestingly, like I said, in a world of niche, in a world of overcomplication, in a world of a lot of knowledge and not as much application and wisdom, I kept learning, I kept listening to advice, I kept listening to things, and I started to change my show because I was doing whatever everyone else thought I should do, mm-hmm. and so I kind of you know twisted around a little bit on the show, which wasn't a good thing. so like you said, you were a part of that journey. you and I have had you know a lot of discussions over the years. <laughs> you know how frustrated I've been like <laughs> with things like what's going on <laughs> and I've been trying to bring it back to the basics, and in fact, just recently, I was thinking what are the core elements of, you know, my beliefs and also, you know, my beliefs for the show. So kind of like putting those two together, what, what, what are my core elements? And I, I kept coming back to, I want people to seriously have a better day and smile. And if that's not enough for you, then, oh, well, <laughs> I'm sorry, who doesn't want to have a better day and who doesn't want to smile? I mean, it changes your life, you know, and everything in your life changes as a result of that. So the three elements were unleash your superhero, nerd out on your passions and have fun. Mm -hmm. And I'll tell you the reasons why those three things are so important to me is that I see people who get stagnant in life. They don't grow. They don't care to grow. They have the, what I call the meh attitude or the Eeyore syndrome. You know, you just, oh, well, life's just happening to me. Whatever. So you're never growing, right? You never unleash your superhero. You either become a sidekick or you become a villain. So it's like, unleash your superhero. Just keep doing it. It's hard, but it's worth it. And then the second point is nerding out on your passions, being curious, expanding your horizons. Don't apologize for it. You know, I've got friends that are embarrassed to admit that they love comics and gaming and all that because they don't want to be made fun of. Who cares, guys? What does it matter in the long run? I mean, yeah, maybe it matters right now, but who cares in the long run? I want people to, you know, continually... Well, here's another thing. Stave off Alzheimer's, right? If you're constantly (laughs) curious and learning, well, then you keep your brain going. It's a good thing. Mm -hmm. And then, of course, the fun thing I do see, unfortunately, especially men, I see men get married, you know, they, they get into a life of responsibilities, which is good, by the way. But then they stop having fun. In fact, I see it with women, too. People just stop having fun. They get too bogged down with stuff that they have to do, the lists that they have to check off, you know day in and day out. They're exhausted. They're not having any fun. They don't have time to go out anymore. They don't have time for anything. And I just go, you know what, guys, you need to give yourselves permission to have fun. You need to have balance in your life. Um, In fact, I know guys who've gotten married and their wives have literally forbid them, forbade them. Is that the right word for forbidden? (laughs) (laughs) Basically, they've said, you're no longer allowed to game now that we're married. And I was like, wow, that's not healthy. Um, Thankfully, I don't know a lot of guys like that, but I do know some. So it's like, okay, we need to have balance in our lives. We need to we need to have fun though, and I want to give you, I want to empower you to have fun. That's mm-hmm. what I've come to with my show. If that answers your question, um, now on the execution side, which is a totally different conversation, that's a different story, and that's that's stuff I'm still learning. Mm-hmm.
0: So I really appreciate your uh, insight and your feedback on these different pieces. And is there anything else that you'd like to say as we wrap this up?
1: Yeah, well so I think that just because something is working or isn't working for me doesn't mean it will have the same results for someone else. So you may find that well for example Instagram works wonders for me whereas you know you know for me personally as Brian it doesn't work as much, you know. So but maybe it will in the future. So I look mm-hmm. at it as that it's a part of its experimentation, part of its you know you got to try it out and see what works, but I'm more than happy to come back and talk about that at some point as well. But to go along with you know a tagline that you're using right now is I I am intentionally trying to break the mold. (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) I really am. I am listening to what people are doing. That's working. I'm trying to glean as much from people. um, But I am really out there saying I'm a trailblazer. I'm going to try something new. I don't want to do what everyone else has done. Um, I am not a teacher out of desire and out of talent. So you're never going to hear me purposely do a teaching podcast and then put together an educational course for someone like that's not going to happen because that's not who I am, even though that's what people teach. I don't want to do that. I want to put together a show that people are are just like they flock to it. They love it. It's valuable to them. And that's the thing that I'm still trying to tweak and, you know, master, because that takes a lot of time. And I think that's another thing, too, is people don't give it enough time to really find their true voice in that scenario but that's what i'm trying to do and then you know my goal is is that it will bring in income to fully replace my full time income in you know the other stuff that i'm doing with clients and stuff and that i will be able to be paid to do my show full time and just continue to grow it like that is my goal that is my intention i believe it's going to happen i don't know when it's going to happen but i'm not giving up until it does so if there's one thing i've learned in fact i had this crazy crazy realization recently is that I was under the impression you need to grow your numbers. We're taught that. You know, get the numbers up, get thousands of listeners, tens of thousands of listeners, et cetera, right? Because then you can go out and you can get advertising, you can make money and stuff like that. Now, to be honest, I am trying to make money with my show because I want this to be my full time thing so that I can pay my bills and have the full time job here. Yes. But I had a crazy realization that I'm like, you know, all my friends listen to the show. And I don't want to bug them anymore. You know, I am looking for feedback, but I'm like, everybody's like, oh, I love your show. It's great. You know, I've got those loyal listeners and I'm like, yeah, but you're my friends. And I had this crazy realization that I'm like, wait a minute, they weren't my friends before all of this. So, I mean, it's not like I had friends locally that came and listened to my show. It was that I made these friends because they came and listened to my show. They stayed engaged they were loyal listeners. I became friends with them and now they are my friends as a result of all this. And I was like, oh my gosh, I've totally succeeded. That is exactly like, that's what we want. We want to make friends from our listeners. I mean, that's a true test of success right there. And I just recently realized that, like, I don't know, two weeks ago, (laughs) so I thought that was (laughs) kind of funny actually, but a really, really cool thing. So I want to kind of change the paradigm here. I do want you to break out of the mold just because, you know, people say that you should niche or teach or whatever doesn't mean that you should. And make sure that you're you define what success looks like for you. Sure if you want to make money with your show, that's a good thing. Sure if you want thousands of listeners, that's a good thing. But you know, consider are you influencing people? Are you again, are you are you creating friendships out of your listeners? I mean, that's I can't I can't even imagine how how valuable that is for others, you know, out there. It was so valuable for me. And then what about the impact? Are you saying things that people are walking away going, thank you, like I needed that, or I learned something, or you know, you've changed my life, or I'm not going to make this horrible decision now because of you, or whatever the case may be, mm-hmm. whatever it is you're doing. So I just want to challenge that paradigm because you don't hear that enough. Yeah, that's pretty much what I wanted to say.
0: Thank you for listening to this episode today. I hope you enjoyed it. I hope you were able to learn some things and get encouragement to be able to move forward in your own podcast. If you'd like to check out Brian's show, you can go to realbrianshow.com and you can be able to check out all the things there. His tagline is the voice of the nerdy eclectic. And so really love Brian and what he's doing. So go ahead and check it out. Thank you for taking the time to listen to this week's episode of Podcasting Experiments from the Creative Studio. If you found this podcast helpful or interesting, please share it with a friend. Detailed show notes can be found on the website at podcastingexperiments.com.